Thanks for listening to the Starting You podcast. I'm Jenny Rayher, and I built a successful vegan donut business with nothing more than a marketing background and $500. After four years, I sold my business for a profit. Now I'm a business mentor and teach you how to start your business from scratch, regardless of your experience. Keep on listening for more. Okay, so today I have a really, really important guest on. I've never had a guest on my podcast before, so this is so exciting. And not only that, it happens to be one of my mentors, and he is amazing. He's an entrepreneur, a storyteller, a TEDx speaker. He's the founder of Night Owls, which is an award-winning digital agency. He is... uh, In 2022, he started a brand new group called Night Owl Nation, and it is amazing. It's an international community, and we practice storytelling together every single week. So welcome, Sunny, to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Let's talk about how you got started in your uh, yeah. in your career and then how you moved into starting your own agency. Okay. I'll start from the beginning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so when I was like 19 years old, my, I was freshman in college. At that time, I was working part-time at a company that builds and sells computers like in computer shows. But um, there was this HTML book on my desk so i just started learning that and i started learning how to make websites and then i made a few websites for my friends um for free and just for fun and then later on i got an internship using that as a portfolio to get um to get an internship at an agency but in that agency i had the most amazing experience uh one of the art directors who was kind of like my mentor he called me a designer. He went to a client meeting and he's like, oh, this is our designer son. And he gave me um, a task to do, to present a design to the client, just like every other designer. He basically treated me like every other designer. And that was like, when, as soon as he said designer, I was like, oh, I'm a designer. Okay. Like it, that kind of, I got over the imposter syndrome, like right there. And in that 11 months, I kind of, um, I kind of like tag along everywhere he goes. I, I just kind of like shadowed him, right? And uh, to a point where he's like, son, get away from me, right? <laughs> and then after doing that for like 11 months, I actually became one of the top designers in that agency. And so that's kind of like where, how I got started. After that, after that, I wanted to kind of start my own design company. So me and my friend started this design company. Um, and then 9-11 happened. And our office at the time, we, we had this tiny office in next to Wall Street for like... $500 a month, but it was three blocks away from Wall Street Center. And that was during uh, 9-11. So after 9-11, like, we couldn't go back into the office for about three months and things, things kind of disappeared. And I ended up getting a nine to five job. Um, like I got a really cushy, like easy job uh, working as like a tech support analyst. Um, and this, it's, a, it's now the company is called AMC Network. It's like the one that does Breaking Bad and all that. But in that five years, I, I kind of became really lazy. And, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, when you're getting a paycheck every two weeks, I, it tends to like later I heard somebody say this, that when you receive a paycheck, like your brain stops working. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, 
<laughs> so then um while i was there there was this couple guys that worked there that i was friends with and they were like make they wanted to be a filmmaker and they were making a short film and i, I was like oh like oh he asked me like do you want to be an extra in 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 the film so i was like all right so i, I went there and I, I was like while i was there i had so much fun like on the set and everything i was like oh this is so fun and that i got this like filmmaking bug so i signed up for an evening class at new york film academy and i wanted to be a filmmaker um at that time there was this camera that i wanted to buy for like ten thousand dollars <laughs> so i wanted to save up money to buy the camera so what i did was i started to um freelance uh freelance as a web designer and you know the first project i did um i got paid i think eighteen hundred dollars one thousand eight hundred dollars and around that time i actually quit my job too i you know like i was like oh i'm just gonna it, it was it's actually a long story i i, I had a, like a kind of uh argument with my boss <laughs> and anyway i walked out but i had like enough money saved like i had some savings so that i can like last a year but that project took me nine months to do <laughs> so for nine months i was working on that project for one thousand eight hundred dollars but in that nine months i learned like i learned how to build e-commerce site i learned how to code like uh back end and all of these things that i didn't know before and then after that the next website was for three thousand dollars and it took me three months so mm -hmm. basically in one year i made like less than five thousand dollars right so i uh, I was about like a month away from like basically running out of money. So I said I was going to go look for a job. And right when I was going to go look for a job, I got a call from this company that's, that paid me $10,000. And that website only took me like four weeks. And then while at that, so you know how they say it's darkest before dawn? Like I was literally about to like give up. and But then I got that project. And literally two weeks after that, I got uh, a call from the biggest car service company in New York City, and they paid me $17,000 for like five weeks of work. And then, uh, and that was history. And then it just like started going up. Now, <laughs> about two years after that, um, I reconnect with my friend that I started the agency with 10 years before that. And he's actually took that agency, he kept going, and he's took that agency to like a certain point. And he he's he kind of uh convinced me <laughs> to join him, right? So what was happening is that that company was kind of like a factory. They were just pumping out like, you know, like three thousand dollar websites. <laughs> so it was like a website factory, mm -hmm. right? And I was doing more like kind of boutique custom work. And then once we combined, like we started getting a different caliber of clients and I basically like helped that uh, agency like step up to the next level. But we, ha I had a falling out with my business partner because we had such like a different, like he was all about just like <laughs> creating a factory and making as high as profit as possible. I, I actually wanted to build a, a name for the agency. So what happened was after that falling out, I left that and I started my own agency and, um, that's that was basically night out <laughs> and uh a lot of the employees there actually followed me to to my new agency and then uh it took me like i think about two or three years in night out for us to get things like up and running but once it did 
it just like took off but about three years into it i got really like depressed because i felt like i felt like i was coming to work and i was just managing people like dealing with clients like taking care of a lot of the operation and not actually doing design so i felt like i quit my job to start my own business so that i can go work (laughs) in my own business doing things i don't want to do so I was a little bit depressed, and th- but there was nothing I could do. I was kind of stuck because I had employees, I had projects and things, I had clients. So I just stuck it through, but I knew that in the long run, I wanted to be more involved. So it took me three years after that to kind of scale down the business to a point where you know we were charging higher prices, less employees, and I was being involved in every project. And around that time... Um, during that three years, we had a client. Her name is Gabby Bernstein. So <laughs> yeah. who walked in. And around that time, we were working with a lot of like, you know, big companies like uh, Spotify, American Red Cross, um, Columbia University. But then when so I was kind of bored of those projects. But when Gabby came in, it was like a completely different thing because I'm, I was working with the personal brand. So she had a personal stake in the uh, website. So we actually like came up with a lot of good ideas and we made this awesome website. Once we launched that, like all these blogs started featuring like, oh, you know, top 10 best personal brand websites and like her website would always be ranked. So people started reaching out to us like, oh, like I love what you did for Gabby. And, and then like Gabby would refer us a lot of like other personal brands. So from that point on, we got Mel Robbins, Jay Shetty, Mark Randolph, Baron Baptiste. Like we just kept getting these huge wow. personal brands after other. So we've shifted gear to basically like a you know digital agency for personal brands and that's that's where i was and during that whole time about five years ago um i was like i i realized i'm like because i saw ray dalio who was like the you know chairman of the biggest hedge fund in the world like writing a book and building his personal brand i saw kevin o'leary making a youtube i saw will smith creating a youtube and i was like what's going on and then i saw Kylie Jenner become the youngest billionaire, right? So I was like, there's something here. Like, uh, that's when I realized, like, actually, influence is the new, like, influence is the new oil. Uh, somebody said that. And um, I was like, I need to build my own personal brand. <laughs> so I wanted, I, I wanted to build a YouTube, ch- like, I wanted to be like Gary Vee. So I hired like a videographer. I, I spent all this money um, with no equipment. But then, like, after like, 12 weeks of doing that like we got no views nobody was watching and we just gave up right and then i I forgot about it and i got busy and then when covid happened what i'll do uh, what i did was oh let me just take because you know how we were all on zoom recording let me just take some of my recordings and like upload it on instagram so at, at at that time i didn't care about lighting quality anything like that i just uploaded the shitty quality videos on on instagram and that's how I got started, messy, right? And then I, I saw a whole community of people making these like design carousels. So I started making that and I just learned. And then like nine months into it, I think in nine months, I grew from zero to like 60,000 followers. And I was like, oh, there's some, like, I didn't even mean to actually do that. And it just organically happened, right? So that's when I was like, oh, I want to teach. I actually, because I, people kept reaching out to me and I would like, jump on the zoom and i would help them and things like that and one experience i had so there was this uh girl in india she's like a 19 year old girl who was 
um, making content about Canva. And uh. she was really good. Her name is Hina. Uh, and uh, I, I quote one time, she's like really shy about being on video. And I was, I was doing an IG live at that time. I was like, Hina, just uh, her question on the IG live was like, you know, how do I get over fear of going on video? I was like, mm -hmm. just come on live, right? And I just forced her to come on the live with me right there. And that was the first time she's ever done video. And then after that, that I kind of like helped her and, and things like that. And one, I think at that time, she was charging like $30 an hour for Canva coaching. And, you know, she was like, she, was, she wasn't really confident, you know, she had the whole like imposter syndrome and all of that. And I told her to charge $150 for coaching. And I sent her her client who paid her two hours for $300. Now, wow. like her whole family makes $300 a month. <laughs> it didn't, this is in India. So that was like a breakthrough for her. And it just, just gave her the confidence. And now two years later, she's speaking in events. She's like, she, you know, she's coaching. She has her own, own course. She's selling Canva templates. Like she's killing it, right? So that experience was so fulfilling for me that you know like that's what kind of triggered me to start night owl nation um because i wanted to i guess make make a difference and that yeah that that was like so fulfilling that any other career that i've ever had and even at night owl i think the most my, my agency the most fulfilling part was me training the employees and kind of developing the employees and things like that so that's why i started night owl nation and <laughs> here we are <laughs> So are you, okay, that's so interesting because I didn't know any of that. So I have a couple of follow-up questions. One is, are you still active in your agency or are you kind of letting go and somebody else is taking over or has it developed in a different kind of way? Yeah. So my agency is like, we're not taking on any new clients because like I, I was a big part of like, you know, on the project. So so it's kind mm -hmm. of, I guess, like on, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of on, on its own. I get involved very little bit. Yeah. So ha having that kind of, uh, that helps me really focus on this thing, right? Because I don't like, I'm not trying to like make money at Night Owl Nation, right? Like right. if I was actually trying to, because I see a lot of entrepreneurs like kind of start coaching or start doing this and they need to make revenue right away. So that what, what happens is when you do that, you're going to make a lot of sacrifices for quick cash that you're not really investing into the business and building it. So if, if I focused on making money over the last, so Night Owl Nation has been up for a year now. If my focus was on money, like I wouldn't be giving so much. I wouldn't be actually trying to figure out, okay, what's the best way to teach this and figuring out all this, like keep improving. I wouldn't be doing that. I would just be do whatever makes the most money. Right. So I think it's, uh, that actually helps me really focus on this side on night. Yeah. 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 Okay. So how in the world did you get Gabby Bernstein? Like, did she just walk in and she's yeah. like, Hey, I wonder what I mean, at that you. time we were pretty well known in uh, like, if you're looking for a, a web design agency, like we like, if you go on Google and search web design company, we will come up first. And like we, we were pretty well known. So yeah. when Gabby came in, she actually that was a downgrade for us 
because we were working with huge clients and we were getting, mm -hmm. you know, within huge contracts. So we actually did Gabby's website at a discount. <laughs> so, <laughs> but here's the thing. At that time, that was like maybe six years ago, six, I don't know, I, about five or six years ago. I didn't know who she was. I didn't know she was famous. Like, <laughs> well, who is this lady? And then, but then working with her kind of, I went down this rabbit hole of like <laughs> this whole personal development world. Like the only thing I knew about personal development was I've heard of Tony Robbins from Shallow Hell. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> so I, I went down that whole rabbit hole and I, I just learned all about it and I got addicted to this whole personal development world. And I, I you know, I just fell in love with it. And so that, that was like a, one of those like life-changing moments <laughs> working with her. Yeah, that is so cool. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. So I think one of the best things about Night Owl, and I was watching, I was watching one of your, your videos within Night Owl yesterday, and you were saying that um, no other co course allows you to get close to the actual creator. And I think the coolest thing about Night Owl Nation is that, first of all, I'm having this conversation with you. <laughs> and second of all, you're really accessible. Like if people have questions, you're like right in there and you, you're really, really available to answer questions and to mentor. And it is so valuable because, uh, you know, I'm sure a ton of people have taken a ton of courses and it is not like that. Like you buy the course and then the, the person who created the course is like, see you later. I'm out. I made my money. I'm gone. You know, you paid $2,000 and I'm out. And it is so like, that is what attracted me to Night Owl Nation is like, I got to actually meet you online, but like, it's so valuable. And another thing is that you are such a, a great example of a mentor who gives back and like pays it forward. Like you've talked about so many times about how other people have paid it forward for you. And it's so cool that you know, like I said, you're on my podcast and you do these things for your students. And it's just, yeah, that's, I mean, I think yeah. that's the most valuable thing. And Thank you. it's only $5 a month. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, That's like the number one question that I get from people that's been in this industry is like, how, how are you able to afford to do this? Right. I can't, I, I'm losing money every month. Right. But yeah, that's why if I, if money was an object, I, I, I would, be resenting and things like that but because i'm trying to actually create something but here's the thing right um so how am i able to do this how am i to be so accessible at five dollars a month and things like that here's the truth like most people think about scale way too early like right now mm -hmm. most people at this stage will be like oh this is not scalable oh that's not scalable oh, that so they don't even try it right but the truth is, <laughs> the reason why I do this, yeah, I know it's not scalable, right? But I'm going to do it anyway, because this is number one, how I learn, how I get my hands dirty. I, I go in there and I learn, okay, what's okay. She told that story wrong. Why? Let me figure it out. Okay. Uh, this person, uh, he, he, he can't seem to find the answer, uh, the lesson. Why? Let me, 
and by me getting my hands dirty and and one-on-one working with like hundreds of people like this is how i'm able to create a better program right in the long run and also what a lot of people don't realize is that one of the reasons my instagram account grew so fast is because i did that thing with hina and i would jump on and help somebody and when you start doing that now of course i can't do it with all sixty thousand followers (laughs) but i can do it with 10 right and not all sixty thousand followers are asking me for that right maybe only like a couple hundred of them are asking me for that but out of that couple hundred if i can just do it with 10 of them those other people see that too because they're like oh wow son is being really like son really cares like he's like actually help like they see that too and the person that i help from like even to like hina gave a talk the other day like in in her school and one of her presentation about was about that moment when i got her to come on the instagram live yeah make a difference in somebody's life for people that aren't in night owl nation like how do you first of all why storytelling and because there's so many different kinds of marketing that you could do right like Mm -hmm. traditional marketing where you're like sell 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 and why is storytelling like the thing that you landed on okay yeah so i don't i never thought of what i do as storytelling okay think of storytelling i'm I'm thinking of like screenwriters right or people who write books like you know things like that right yeah. So, but the thing is, when I started putting out content, I've never once called myself a storyteller. I've never once called myself a copywriter. I'm, I'm never once like, I, none of that. But the, the comment that I kept getting and people kept telling me was, son, like, look, after looking at my content, son, you're such a great storyteller. Can you teach me storytelling? And then, and then like the, is, it's really not storytelling, but what it is, is I, I break, myth with truth like mm-hmm. i think what what my strength is my core strength like even when i work with clients and things like that the reason why i'm able to sell them on ideas or sell projects or even like grow my instagram is with the content is because what i do is i take the thing that everybody believes to be true and i break that myth and when you do that it makes people and i give them always give them an example of so the thing is, if I just say, oh, everybody thinks this, but the truth is this, most people are going to be like, that's one year and out the other. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. okay, so, sounds cliche, right? But when I say, oh, everybody, for example, everyone says, oh, if you do what you love, like, you know, like go start a business in what you love, right? And then the example I go, it's like, oh, I love web design. So I started a web design company, but I ended up spending all my time like selling complaining listening to complaints from clients listening to complaints from employees paying invoices you know making sure we meet payroll getting yelled at by our landlord like (laughs) that was what i was doing most of the time so starting a business doing what you love is very different from starting a business in what you love and the truth is you can't always do what you love but you can choose to do love everything you do so that was kind of like the myth truth right so when you put it like that, when you break, tell a myth that they believe in, and then you give them an example that goes against that myth, right? Well, okay, that, because like they say, do what you love, but then when you start an agency, that's not so true. And then you give them the truth, then that makes people go, oh, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Which and is your tagline. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's my real strength. And so I guess my definition of storytelling is I'm breaking a myth. And sometimes I can do it with an example, but a lot of times I do it with story, a story that people can relate to. Yeah. I think that's what's so challenging is to find like a universal truth that everyone believes in. And it's not just your own. That's what I've mm -hmm. had the hardest time with, you know, like you were saying, you don't want to sound too cliche at the same time. Yeah. That's, that's hard. I that's mean, storytelling is not, yeah, it's an art, right? Like it, it takes a lot of practice. Yeah. It's if, if it's too cliche, it's safe, right? You know, everyone says that, you know, everybody believes. So it, it, become, it becomes boring, right? If it's too original that only you believe, <laughs> nobody cares about it that either. But there's like a fine line in between where, you know, it's just cliche enough <laughs> and it's just original enough. And that's, I think, where the, that's like the golden zone. <laughs> so, okay. So a lot of people that might be listening to this might be like, if they're not night owl nation people, um, they have a really hard time talking about themselves. And they have a really hard time, like, now I'm doing a cliche, but I'll just, you know, in general, I think it's really hard for people to be online, be on video, show themselves, tell a story about themselves. And so how do you, I don't know if you get over it, but like, what kind of advice would you give to somebody? Well, I personally think that even if you're not building a personal brand, <laughs> Even if you're not a business owner, I personally think that everybody should practice um, being authentic and vulnerable, like really, truly being comfortable in their own skin, taking off their layers of masks that we put on over the years, right? Because I didn't realize how, how many people live life like that, where they're constantly like putting on this mask and afraid of like people seeing the real them, right? And... Okay. I heard this quote the other day where they said, in your 20s, you do care about what people think. In your 40s, you don't really care about what people think of you. In your 60s, you realize nobody ever thought about you in the first place. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I really think that that's something that most people live their entire life wearing that mask. And most people have been doing it so long that they don't even realize that it's a mask. They actually think that that's the real them, right? But for me, whenever I just took off, here's a, here's a good example. Like one time I went into a meeting with a client and, you know, when you, in the corporate setting, you go meeting with this, like, oh, hey, you know, you use those corporate words like, oh, ASAP and all of that shit. And then, but then we were like, um, low hanging fruit and all of this words. And then we were in the, <laughs> circle and, back <laughs> yeah oh circle back she's like oh you know and then uh she was showing us the design her, her current design and this was like a marketing director of some company and just accidentally she saw something i was like oh that looks like shit really and then it caught her off guard and she actually started laughing and she's like oh i agree with you and it just completely <laughs> broke down the wall and we were able to open each other, open, open up and really, really get down to what the problem is and things. So, and that happened with our employees too. Like when, when we work with um, a lot of people, like even in a small group, right? At Night Owl Nation, when we give feedback or when we give feedback in designs, a lot of people is like, oh, what do you think of this? It's like, oh, that's really great. And like, they give this 
they have this mask on it's like this polite thing right but then for us the innovation came when we were able to be like hey that looks like shit you can do better than that you know so i yeah. actually think that vulnerability helps everyone <laughs> yeah but if somebody's like i don't want to do that i don't it, it, it's too scary for me i'd rather just show my product i'd rather just talk about my service i don't want to get personal like how do you how do you coach somebody like that when just make or do video <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing almost everybody's like that almost everybody says no i don't want to do that uh, but the thing is it's it's that's a lie because what happens is you, you know like that example i give with like katniss everdeen where she's like she volunteers and and everybody's like oh i want to be like that that wherever i've uh, i've been, wh whether i'm in public or i'm speaking in front of my a new team or something like that just because people people are like when they hear me talk and i didn't even know this until like a few years ago because people will always be like, son, you're so authentic. But I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> I, I never thought of myself as authentic or anything like that until I work with a client who actually teaches about authenticity. And that's what he said to me. And what was happening in the background was when I was being so authentic, meaning not afraid, when, when somebody makes a bad joke, not being afraid to be like, like, are you, like uh, I would say something like, cool story, bro. <laughs> Like, I would actually make fun of them for making a bad joke, right? In a corporate setting, right? So when I'm, when I'm being completely just open, authentic, and just speaking my truth, what ended up happening was people around are inspired by that automatically because they're thinking like, oh my gosh, I wish I can, be, I can feel as free to speak what I want to say just like he is. That authenticity actually inspires people because most people live life like that. They're, most people live in fear of like, I, like you know, if, a, if your boss makes a stupid joke that's not funny, most people look at him and be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like most people pretend to be more successful than they are. Most people have to go buy their BMW and get, get this huge mortgage to sh show to their friends how successful they are when they're barely making payments. And all of that is eating them inside yeah. so when when i come out and i just completely i'm i'm free people can feel that and they're like i want to be more so i think the best way to convince them is to just show by example i actually you know one story that i tell is during that time when i was depressed and i was like <laughs> like during that time literally i would wake up every morning and i would check my text message and like son where's the uh, i thought this project was going to be done by this day what happened blah, blah, blah. like it's just like and, and i have a partner that emails me like oh son like our this designer wants to quit um like just gave her two weeks notice and she's in the middle of a project and just fire after fire after fire and i, I would mm -hmm. every morning i'll wake up all like all day just putting putting out fire and then I, and then like until at night i just pass out and next morning i just do it again that's kind of the place i was in and this one day I was so exhausted that when uh, I was talking to a client, I was like, I didn't even have the energy to bullshit or come up with an excuse anymore. So I was like, I'm sorry, like, to be honest, um, we're struggling financially and like our cash flow is kind of struggling. So we had to take on some extra projects to keep our cash flow going. And that's why your project is delayed. I'm so sorry. If you want to fire us, I completely understand. 
and what that client said was like i mean he wasn't happy but he said like i i now we know that we can trust you son because like that honesty actually uh won them over <laughs> and they gave us a bonus to make sure that we don't go out of business it's the same thing when you're running a business right let's say there's some problem going on with the project and your employees like hiding that from you right because they want to you know they, they don't want to be authentic and they don't want to be vulnerable no i rather you come tell me to give me the bad news i rather you be authentic and be honest with me so now i can trust you try to pretend like everything is perfect i mean we think that's what as an employee as a vendor that's what we think we want like client just wants to all the good news right but the truth is no client doesn't just want good news they want the truth so i mean honesty just uh, honesty transparency authenticity just works every time it's kind of getting started a lot of people go into this teaching mode and they you know they have you know their video on and they're teaching everybody what they know but i'm wondering yeah. what you think about if it's yeah. if it's better to just be more vulnerable and yeah. just be like i don't know what i'm doing but i'm trying <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> i always yeah. give an example of like how how ego like all of those you know negative traits like all those mistakes that i made and all of all of my weakness because like ego is like the reason why i talk about ego all the time is because it's my biggest weakness like my ego kills me all the time so i need to work extra on it so i'm very transparent that yes i talk about ego all the time but at the same time i also know that i need that i need to work on it just as much as you guys you know and to give you an example of that, like I had um, one of our clients we work with is Mel Robbins. Um, you know, she she makes content. She's so vulnerable. And one of my favorite video of her was she took out her phone and she started recording herself. This was on a YouTube video. And she's like, guys, like I have a book due tomorrow my, with my publisher. And I still have tons of stuff, like tons of stuff left to do. But instead of like sitting my ass on my kitchen table and just working on it, I'm doing everything I can to avoid it. And then she goes, she turns around, she's like, look at this. She shows her kitchen. She's like, I just took everything out of the refrigerator and put it under. I'm like, started cleaning my refrigerator I'm, because I'm trying to avoid everything I can. And then I caught myself and now I'm going to have to put all of this back, go sit my ass on the kitchen table. I'm going to have to finish that book to meet the deadline. Right. So she wasn't trying to act like she was perfect. That I do the same things that you do. And when you do that, what happens is, for example, right? Like if, if like somebody who's perfect, right? Like, uh, like Gandhi, or I mean, even he's not perfect, or even the Dalai Lama is not perfect. Like, but let's say somebody that we think is perfect, like let's say Jesus is trying to teach us and we know that this person is perfect. We, most people are going to be like, yeah, it's easy for you to say, like if a if a billion Elon Musk can try to give you like money advice or something like that or entrepreneurship advice, we're gonna be like, yeah, it's easy for you to say Elon Musk. If somebody like Mel Robbins like teaches you something and says, I'm also struggling with that, when we see that, then it makes us say, like, oh shit, like she's like that. Like if she can do it, I can do it too. Full. If you're completely yeah. honest about your weaknesses, but still show that you are you are successful, right? There's nothing more powerful than that because it proves to people that you don't have to be perfect. 
I think that's that's a really good lesson, I think, for everybody to hear is that you're not, especially if you're just starting out, you can't be an expert. You're not the expert. You you haven't done it yet. Yeah. So I think it's, I, I agree with you. I think it's so good to be vulnerable if you have a brand or if you have like a product or even if you have a service, I think it's really important. I think it's it's good not to be the expert all the time. Yeah. Yeah. One one thing I always say is like, if you're starting out in something and you need to make content, like talk about the thing that you just, you just overcame. Right. So for example, like I, I yeah. learned this from Vanessa Love, but what happened is if you go back to her YouTube channel and you like, now she talks about like making 10 K, how to make 10 K a month and you know, how to, you know, grow Instagram and all of that. Like, like, because she's now done it, but you fast, you um, rewind back to the beginning days what like when she quit her job and you know started coaching what she talks about is actually because she was still working at a coffee shop no client but she quit her job to do this so she doesn't see what most people do is at that point she's they start talking about oh you know you have to do this like they start giving you the the advice that they read from some book or you know something that Gary V said or they just repeat feel authentic because they're not backing it up with a story story, right? But what she did was instead of talking about how to build a business, how to start, become a coach, she talk, talk, talked about how to quit your job the right way. There's plenty of things that you can talk about that you already did. You don't have to try to fast forward and start talking about things that you haven't done yet. What is your biggest advice for somebody who wants to get started with storytelling? We'll try to replicate what we're doing at Night Owl Nation. You don't have to be in Night Owl Nation to do what we're doing. Okay? Make it easier for you. But what you should do is when I get ideas for stories is when I hear other people's stories. Like when somebody tells me a story or somebody's talking about like, oh, hey, guess what just happened to me? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, that reminds me of the time when blah. Right. So now that triggers. And then when I do that, that person's going to be like, oh, yeah. And that kind of interaction is how I get ideas for story most of the time. So what I would say is constantly tell stories. Because every time you, you tell a story, it's going to trigger another story from that person. That's going to trigger another story from you. And, and, and also tell that story over and over and over again. Because every time you tell that story you're going to realize something about that story that you didn't realize before. It's like, oh, actually, the lesson I learned is this or something like that. Uh, so I think, yeah, the only way you can get better at storytelling is by constantly telling the stories and, and tell stories and are not really good at active listening. Mm. So, you know, when, when usually when somebody's talking, like we're just thinking about what we're going to say next. <laughs> But when you're like really, really active listening, even with clients and things like that, when I really actively listen, usually like client will tell me something and that triggers like, 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 for example, how I came. So you, one of the stories that I tell at Night Owl Nation is we say, you know, most people, uh, most companies, the way they work, like at Night Owl Nation, our brand, uh, sorry, not Night Owl Nation, Night Owl, our agency, our brand is, um, we're a small team, right? We actually say small in a big way. Right? And people are like, okay, I don't care. You're a small team. Like, okay, you guys work closely. Okay, what is that? What does that got to do with me? Right? They don't really understand. 
So what I say is, like, have you ever like in in the last previous two projects that you failed by hiring these agencies? Let me know if this sounds like this is what happened. Like they do the design and they give you the design and you get approval. It's like okay, that looks good, and then they hand it over to the developer and they code it and they make it and it's like oh. But that doesn't really look, something's off. It's, it's like the original design looked really good, but the live website doesn't really, really look that good, right? And I and I say the reason why that happens is because th- there's a design team that's working on here, and once they mm-hmm. approve the design, the project manager takes it and hands it over to the development team, which is over there, who's not even talking to them, and then they realize, oh, they can't. So they just make their own decisions, and things get messed up. And by the time it, it goes live. It's like it's not like the original design at all. The way we do it is the copywriter, the designer, and the developer all sit in the same room from the beginning. So the copywriter will come up with this. Okay, this is a story that we need to tell for this client. And the designer is like, oh, maybe what we can do is uh, we can start out with dark, so we show the the kind of the problem, and then and then we switch to white so that. You know, it feels more bright when there's a, you know, this is how we did Mel Robinson. And then maybe we can have a, because she has the five second rule, five, four, three, two, one, and have the messy bet all of a sudden become clean. And and then it goes from black to white. The developer is going to be like, oh, you know what we can do? We can do a parallax so that as you scroll up, it goes from, you see the half the bet is messy and the half is like, and then you see the clean bet. And then we can do a countdown. Oh, and like, so... And then the designer is like, oh, that's so cool. And the copywriter is going to be like, okay, let's start out with the story of here. So by just being in the same room and tossing off ideas, that's how we're able to create a website like this. The reason why you came to us is because you want a website like this. So like this is this way by being in the same room. And so once I tell the story, they get it, right? I realize that about myself. It's when I didn't realize that story until I heard somebody telling me their problem. So like just listening to other people's stories, really actively listening to their problems and things like that is how I came up with all these stories. That's so, yeah, that's so true. Just listening to everybody else's experience, you can draw from that experience and be like, oh, but I had something similar and I can talk on that. Yeah, Yeah. that's a good way to get started for sure. And like I said, I have a bazillion ideas just from talking to you right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have some questions from some uh, Night Owl Nationers. What do we call ourselves? Night Owl Nationers? I just night say owlers. Night Owls. So, yeah, I call uh, them Night Owls too. We're all Night Owls. We're all Night Owls. <laughs> we're family. <'Cause, laughs> who is your most favorite or was or who has been your most favorite personal brand? Either personal or one that you've worked with. That's easy. I... I actually take a little bit from everyone, right? So I don't 100% agree with everything that everyone says, right? I I agree this part of what this person says. I agree the, this message from Gary Vee. I agree when Elon Musk says this. I agree when Mel Robbins. But there are certain things that I don't agree, like, you know what I mean? So I don't, so I took a lot of those things like that. But the one person that I really i think admire the most is gary v i feel like i'm so much like him in a way that like i just say what i want but i'm also so opposite of him in a way that he he's very like aware of people 
he's like aware of like what people are saying about him what the trend is like he he has he really has his pulse on the internet right i'm the opposite mm -hmm. i'm i'm super introvert so I, i'm very like and i have to like kind of force myself mm -hmm. to do that so i really admire that side so i mean i don't know like i've seen everyone's content over and over and over again but the one that i never get sick of is him <laughs> the, the people that i actually the the type of content that really actually i learned the most from are people like uh i don't know if you heard of like ryan holiday uh, he has this channel called daily stoic so he talks a lot about stoicism or like jocko willing who talks about leadership um there's another guy named jesse itzler who that like are not really mainstream they're not really popular like they have smaller audience but i i feel like i personally connect with them more yeah i i i think just to go back to gary v i think his content is just so like it's so i love that he's fearless and like i think it was like two days ago i was on his feed i don't know if it's on facebook or instagram literally he was <laughs> trying fruit and he's like okay i got this plate of fruit. <laughs> yeah he like, loves blueberries i'm gonna so. try a grape and let's <laughs> taste it and then he gave like the mouth feel you know like he normally would for like his wine that he's really famous for uh, yeah, yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Uh, i got i got sick of him at some point too yeah but what happens is once in a while i'll see a video from him and i already know what he's gonna say and all of that but it's just like the way he says it and just the like the, just the authenticity and all of that, like the, the emotion that comes out of him just makes it, it actually fires me up. And like, you know, so it's not really about what he's saying, but it's like, I think it's more about how he says it. Other question. Um, I followed you for a while now, and I remember I found you on the Explore page and I thought for sure you were going to start a high ticket program or a course. But then all of a sudden you disappeared and you didn't post for like a year. I remember I kept looking for your posts and I never saw anything new. What happened? Yeah. So what happened was, so yeah, in the first nine months, I grew my account big and, I'll, and you know, I, I went in that whole circle of people. It's like, Hey, you got to do course and you got to, uh, you got to yeah. create a funnel and monetize. And, Actually, that's the work that I used to do at, at my agency, right? Like client come to us, we help them, you know, you know, launch a course and do wow. funnels. And that, that's, that's what, that's my expertise. Like I, if I have a high ticket course, I know how to sell it <laughs> and I know how to, I know how to, uh, but then around the same time I was, I, when I kept coming up with my messaging about things like that, there's something that didn't sit right with me. And, and that was because I knew, I know how the sausage is made. <laughs> so I knew from experience that a lot of these high ticket courses still, most people still don't finish it. Most people don't, still don't see the results, right? So I knew that. And every time I'm like writing this copy, like, okay, you know, you really want to know how to grow Instagram and blah, 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 blah. I was like, something was not sitting right because like, I know that 80% of them are still not going to grow Instagram after this. So I couldn't get myself to charge a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars to make to like the more I thought so so I went into this dark place. I'm like, oh shit, I told everybody that I'm gonna launch this course and, and things like that, but I don't wanna launch this course. 
because I it, it's just I don't feel right about it. I I don't. I mean, I can. This is how I can sell it, but I know that that is not. Uh, I know that I'm manipulating. Let's just say that I know that I'm manipulating. I know that, and and then I went to this whole existential hole. I went to this like this hole because I'm like, is my entire career a lie? Like, so that's kind of why I disappeared. I felt like a fraud. I felt like I couldn't really feel like I couldn't really be authentic in, in talking about that. So I kind of disappeared for like almost a year, and then slowly I started talking to my mom, my sister, and and I. The thing that I realized is, okay. I think the reason why most of these programs don't work is not because of the information, but it's because most of these people just don't, don't put in the work and practice. So I need to figure out how to get people to just come and show up and keep practicing what they learn. And that's much more important than actually learning the thing. So that's when I started like designing, okay, well, what, what can I do, right? What can I do to do that? And then I started, um, at first I was, I was like just adding people to my close friend and showing like, I didn't feel guilty charging five dollars to <laughs> to show them these stuff, right? And then I was like, "Oh, there, there's something here. People are signing up." And I'm like, "Oh, let's let's also meet weekly on Zoom." So, like last April, we did like for four weeks. We met five five weeks. We met on Zoom every week. Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, let's turn this into an official thing." And it slowly evolved. And so now my goal is to get everybody to practice. My goal is to get people to practice because. It's not the information. The information is not the problem. Knowledge is not the problem. Uh, none of that is the problem. The problem is getting people to actually take the action of practicing what they learned. So that's actually my entire goal with Night Out Nation is what can I do <laughs> to get people to come to their small group meeting, right? And and going back to in the beginning, you see how I you said accessible, right? The reason why like one-on-one -on -one coaching and thing, uh, mentorship works is because if I, you know, how many times you learn a Photoshop course or something like that, and you try to apply that to something you're doing, and then you get stuck, you're like, oh, I have a question to ask, right? But that's why when you're working right. with a mentor or a coach, like you can ask them, you're like, oh, in that case, you got to do this. That That's the beauty of a teacher. So the reason why I made myself so accessible is to figure out really what they're doing wrong and do that. And then I started um, mentoring our small group leaders so that, you know, they have access to me, right? So I'm 100% available to all, my, all our small group leaders. And then the small group members, are they're accessible to the small group members so that if they have problems, they can just ask them. And that's why, like, I'm so all into this small group. And I, I always say, if you're not in a small group, you're not in Night Owl Nation. It's because... That is the yes. heart of Night Owl Nation, just showing up every week, practicing storytelling. And when you get stuck, asking your small group leader, asking somebody to help you, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, let's say, I create a program that's $5 a month. And let's say 99% of people who join a small group actually completes the, the, the program and actually learns how to become a phenomenal storyteller because they've actually put in the work. And I can, if I can say like 99% of our students pro finish the program and like 99% of our students like see this type of results, right? 
I I really think that that's the only way we can fix this industry because right now what's the the I because I know how the marketing messages work. The manipulation that's happening right now is a lot of people use their top 10 20% case result and they advertise that as if that's the norm. Like, oh, you know, you you you're, you're going to have you, you know, make 10k a month. Right. Learn how to make 10K a month as a coach. Learn how to grow your Instagram to 50K. Learn how to do the, all of those things. Right. Learn how to launch a course and do a six figure launch. Right. That's the that's the promise they use in the sales message. And there's, they, they have these testimonials and things like that. It's like, oh, I, I use this program and I had a six figure launch. I had blah, 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 right. But the, the what the, the dark truth is that that's actually only 10 to 20% of the people. The other 80% don't have any, any of that. They're actually just, do you understand what I mean? I think the manipulation is coming from. So yeah. I think the only way I can fix that is to have the, my entire marketing message is that not those promises, but that 99% of our students get that. Because then that's going to force people to go to other programs and say, hey, in Night Owl Nation, 99%, they have a 99% success ratio. Can I see your completion rate? <laughs> so the only way you can fix something is to create a better product. And that's, that's what I'm dedicating my time on. Yeah. That whole 10K months just drives me nuts. And I don't know how it became an industry standard, but for anyone to say that you're going to do this and you're going to be able to do this and you're going to do the same thing I did... It really, really bothers me because I know it's a lie. Like you can teach anybody anything, but it's really up to them to do the work and to That's... be the student, right? And if they're not that, then they're not going to be successful. When I saw these people that actually get to 10K a month or have six-figure launch and things like that, what I noticed is that when I look at them, I'm like, oh, they would have done that even without that program. <laughs> like it's just because they have... They have that in them, right? They have that. They're they're go getter. They're you know they're they they have they're coachable. They're you know they're always learning. So it's yeah. it's that personality trait that made them there, not the course, <laughs> or not the you know. <laughs> That's exactly it. That is so important to know because I think a lot of people just look to the courses or look to the <laughs> to the the guru to teach them everything that they need to know. And then they become, you know, attached to all of these outside forces to do something that they can actually do themselves. Exactly, and I think yeah. the biggest part is just having support, is just having somebody guide you along the way, because you're always going to get imposter syndrome. You're always going to have questions or you're always going to question yourself. And to like not have that support is you're going to fail, I think. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think the human to human support, like the community support and all of that is everything like more like CrossFit or SoulCycle or something like that, where, where a lot of people that have trouble, like being consistent, going to the gym, a lot of them have no problem, like cons being consistent in CrossFit or like uh, yoga or something like that because of the community. Uh, and then because of that community, they actually end up improving like majority of them, right? Whereas in, without that community, if they just signed up for a gym and they went and tried to do it themselves, they would have yeah. just quit after three weeks like everyone else. But just because they joined CrossFit, just because they joined SoulCycle, 
just because they joined Orange Theory, the community is what got them to stick through it and actually see results. So I see Night Owl Nation less of like an online course and more of like a community of like like soul cycles. In our last Night Owl Nation meeting before we had our break, you mentioned something really quickly about maybe making this into an actual course that you're going to sell. And yeah, how I don't do think you I'm gonna do see that. that? Oh, you're not gonna do that? <laughs> yeah. But the reason yeah. why I don't want to do that is because one of the things that I've been noticing at Night Owl Nation is there are some people at Night Owl Nation that's never been in any of these programs before. They've never taken any course before they online course they've never gotten any mentorship they've never been in a community or anything like that before so like literally night out nation is the first thing they've ever done, invested in uh, and 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 those people are actually very committed and the reason why is because this was eye-opening i was talking to this person who who said like i was like oh why didn't you take this program blah 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 and it, it turns out like to to buy that program would be like a a, a year's salary for that per like we have a lot of people from like developing countries right area colombia where the average monthly income there is like 300 dollars a month so to to buy a three thousand dollar course would be literally their entire annual salary would have to go to that right i saw them getting huge benefit from night owl nation so that's why i don't want to do that that like more higher price uh, creating a course out of that but instead what i want to do is maybe like our community is always evolving and i always get ideas from volunteers and stuff like that but what what we want to do is create that 11-week program where once you join you have to go through that program right where for 11 weeks you have to join a small group you have to practice sort of thing and once you finish that then we'll open up all these other features of the community it's like you can join a club about how to grow on social media you can you can uh, watch all the Monday masterclass of like copywriting, designing, video editing. Like, we'll open up all this whole area where now you're really part of the community and you can um, help each other and stuff like that. But I want people to go through that first eleven week period in order to. I'll be honest with you. I don't. I don't think of it this as like. I think most people have like a clear vision. It's like, oh, I need to create this and I need to go. Blah, blah. For me, it's not like that. I, I want to see where this goes. I want to hear from people, see what's working, see what's not working. If it's not working, we'll get rid of it. If something works, we'll double down on it. And if you look at the last, last year of Night Owl Nation, that's how this thing started without a name, with just me <laughs> posting behind the scenes of stories. On that, That's how it started. And it, it, over the year, it, it became... It, it got here. We didn't even call it Night Out Nation in the beginning, right? That's a name that the community came up with. Community, this this Night Out Nation really belongs to the community. It's not mine. It's not my vision. <laughs> it belongs to the community, and I like I, I'm trying to do everything possible to to facilitate that. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else you want to add? How can people get a hold of you? Obviously. People should know how to get a hold of you, but and how to join Night Owl Nation and all of that and and anything else that you want to add. Uh, yeah, the best place to I think would be Instagram un dot e s u n dot y i, and then like uh, like in my everything that you need to know is in there. Uh, I don't really promote 
things that much because I feel like um, I feel like you know we're still in the building process, and also I feel like once you have a good product, you don't really need to like promote. Like, so I want to create a product yeah, that yeah. is that good, so that I don't even have to promote it. <laughs> That's the 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 key to marketing. That is the key yeah. is to have everybody else do it for you. Oh, you know when I was working with um uh all those like personal brands like a couple of years into it one of the clients that was referred by gabby bernstein i was working with her and i didn't even know this that gabby was doing this but one day she told me she, she was like you know like gabby just wouldn't stop talking about you like we were in this uh um a book event with uh like one a big publishing company and she said that Every, when people would be like, oh, who did your website get? Blah, blah, blah. And she just wouldn't stop talking about you. And that's the thing, right? You, We don't know that that's happening. As long as you provide good service, you provide good product, people are praising you behind your back. And you want that's what you want, you know? Well, thank you so much for being here. And oh my gosh, it's just been such an honor to talk to you like one-on-one. -on -one. It's usually in a group. So yeah. thank you so much, son. Thank you for having me, Jenny. <laughs>